You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. This episode, we'll be talking about the temptations, all directions. In the room, I have Rob. Hello. Ben. Show enough. And Adam. And that is right. <laughs> all directions. <laughs> all directions is a 1972 album by The Temptations, released in July 27th on the Gordy slash Motown label. The producer was Norman Whitfield, and the genre is soul, funk, psychedelic soul. And from the book, Jim Harrington. It has been tempting to write off this vocal group at several points in its career, but never so much than in the early 70s. Following the departure of Eddie Kendricks and Paul Williams, Kendricks' absence in particular was seen as potentially devastating to the group as he had sung the lead in the 1971 chart topper, Just My Imagination. Housed in a deceivingly run-of-the-mill cover shot of the five temps hanging out around a tree, the album was an admirably ambitious work that built upon the experimentalism of the 1970s psychedelic shack to further embrace new avenues. Thanks mainly to the nearly 12-minute epic Papa Was a Rolling Stone, the temps were able to successfully shed their image as 1960s-styled balladeers and latch on to the grittier soul and R&B sounds of the day. Led by the savvy production of Norman Whitfield and bolstered by new band addition Damon Harris, All Directions was an immediate critical and commercial hit that earned three Grammy Awards and solidified its place in the business for the next decade. All right, what do we think of All Directions? I think it's it's, so much better than Cloud Nine. This is good. Yeah, Yeah, it's a really cool record. Really good record. So funky. Yeah, real funky. It's old, too. I feel like this record has some... Some very like, uh, I mean, the, the song uh, actually "Run Charlie Run" is right on right now. And as a Detroiter, the song speaks to me of 1968 White Flight for sure. Uh, and it's just like they actually didn't want to do this song, which I thought was interesting. Like the producer, uh, like wanted to, wanted them to do this more this socially conscious stuff. And they resisted a bit, and they also didn't want to do, like, affectation of, like, white, quote, white voice of these people, right? you know. Well, they also do, like, yeah. all, they do all kinds of effective voices in this because it's a commentary song. Yeah, absolutely. But, like, it's, it's, it's a strong song, though. I think it's a cool song, and, like, I heard it, and I was just like, 
Oh, I forgot about this because I had this record. I, I was really, really into the Temptations growing up in Detroit and the, and just Motown in general. But like, uh, this this song's really cool. This record's really cool. That's a <laughs> I just like I, let someone else praise it. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I'd never. I like. I knew Papa was a Rolling Stone. That was all I knew from this record. I am. I am way into this. I don't. I do though. I've, I've got. I've got a question. So uh, this is a Barry Gordy production, mm-hmm. as is Barry oh. Gordy's The Last Dragon. Yes, my preferred Barry Gordy production. So when they say show enough funky music, show enough turns me on. Are they talking about the gentleman uh, with the amazing hair? The, the gentleman samurai <laughs> show enough. <Yeah. laughs> yes. Yes, sure. They, they exist in the same universe. It's the Barry Gordy cinematic universe. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> Kiss my converse. Yeah. <laughs> no, all jokes aside, though, I'm way into this. Yeah. Yeah, this is great. The band I, is tight. Another just the like Funk Brothers, just like tearing it up. Of course. Yeah. You know? I mean, but it is just like living up to their name. Yeah. yeah. Funky. Very funky record. Funky, they were yeah. called that before funky. they were even funky. Yeah. And now they're funky. Man. There's so much stink on this. Yeah. So it's, good. It's really good. I love the variety of, you know, of the group. You know, they have, they have such strength in vocals, obviously. But, like, the songs are all over the place. We keep getting a bunch of exploratory records in these early 70s. All of a sudden, we're out of that late 60s drab kind of repetition. And, like, we're getting albums that have a lot of color and a lot of variety. And this is another one that, like, you know, they'll go from... They'll go from Run, Charlie, Run into Papa Rose, Rolling Stone, which is a lot chiller version. And then I'm trying to remember if it's Love Kept Me Up This Morning uh, or I Ain't Got Nothing, but like serious balladry with some beautiful high yeah, vocals. I Ain't Got Nothing's like every house has a door yeah. and every room yeah, I remember has that a one. floor. Yeah. And every, every car has, has a, a wheel. wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. I Ain't Got Nothing. Yeah. But <laughs> I still liked it, even though it's like, it's like yeah, yeah, we get a metaphor. But right. like, uh, but uh, <laughs> I still like the song and the, the tenor vocals are just like, Soaring, is that the new guy? Yeah, I I noticed too that on the second side, those uh, I ain't got nothing. The first time I ever saw your face, it's sort of they single. It was like the first side they the same thing with Cloud Nine. They sort of did these like new soul psychedelic funky elements, and then the second side they brought in to showcase. A sing like a singular voice in in some of those right. songs. Yeah, but man, I. But it this is a lot more cohesive than that Cloud Nine where they they it was a split. One was one you know uh, mm-hmm. style of music, and the second side was a different style. This yeah. feels more natural. Yeah, th- th- this is a funk record. Yeah, um, yeah. That that was a, I was actually gonna ask you, Adam, because last time we talked about the Temptations, mm-hmm. I was I was drunk and yelling about how I didn't like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I'm less drunk now, and I like this record. What, like, do you remember any of Cloud Nine when we did it last? And whether or not, like, now that we know, like, this Temptations record exists, like, because I think that we were kind of all on the same page that Cloud Nine didn't make much sense given how much stuff the Temptations had done before Cloud Nine. Is the album Cloud Nine. Nine or is the album Psychedelic Shack? So, uh, Psychedelic Shack's 1970. Cloud Nine's the one that we did. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What was, what was your question? Well, you. Uh-huh. You kind of threw the temp like yeah, this Temptations record belongs in here because I love the Temptations. Well, I think is basically like what your your sure, thesis I mean. was, justifiably so. This record, back to front. I think this is a better record, and, um, and I think yeah, 
I mean, it's so tricky though because that's like, funny t- because a lot of people said it's not as strong as really? Cloud Nine. Yeah. Oh man, that's just, this is this I is like this record more. I'm I mean, saying. me too. Um, but, yeah, I do too. Um, I I also think that Papa was Rolling Stone is like probably like a top ten song for me. Just like. It's amazing. It's an yeah. incredible song. I think about it all the time. Like, <laughs> Literally I every really day. No, like, <laughs> it's one of those songs that like I will just get in my head from like starting from when I first became aware of this group when I was maybe like 12. And I get it in my head all the time. I love it. This reminds me of being a very tiny child in the back of a diesel station wagon driving down to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. This is my dad's favorite song, and, like, we'd always listen to the oldie station, and he would just be singing along with it, like, every hour on the hour, because this <laughs> song at that point, like, 1984, was just constantly on oldies radio at about 11 p.m. Too, because I remember we were driving around in Detroit, and like you, it's such a long song that if you were like out going from place to place downtown, you know, pop in here for a coffee or go to the art museum or whatever, and like uh, go to the Heidelberg Project, like you, you could make multiple stops before the song was over <laughs> because like most of the, most of the places we would go were all within like a five minute like. I mean, if I went from, like, John King book to the art museum to the Heidelberg Project, like, that's less than the song. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's just funny. Like, I have I have definite memories of driving around in the snow listening to it. It's very Isaac Hazy in its presentation. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cinematic soul, I think is what they call it. Yeah. Hot buttered? Very much so. Hot buttered Shell. cinematic soul. Yeah, this is, I mean, they definitely took a page from, it's a story. from the sort of like Isaac Hayes with this. And, I mean, they did Do Your Thing. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they... Dude, Do Your Thing. Obviously. I had never heard that song. That's like my one of my standout tracks on this album. Yeah. Oh, Where, Do Your the, Thing the, is a banger. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I was I was bopping so hard I fell out of my chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely want to listen to that before we're done. Because yeah. I was going to make a request to hear that one. Then we may have to fast forward through yeah, yeah. Those are really well, at some point. Wait, and, and you know who wrote Do Your Thing? Isaac Hayes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's also on uh, It's on Hot Buttered Soul. Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I, I didn't even make that connection. Right? I, it, you're probably right. Oh, no, Hot Buttered Soul no. was all covers. Uh, Isaac Hayes on, did not uh, write that one. It was on the, the Shaft soundtrack, I think. Oh, was, yeah. it, on, was it on Shaft? I'm gonna Unfortunately, to, I'm there's gonna no to, way to find it. I out. know, I'm going to have to look it up now. Not anymore. Not the The internet died this year... Children of who the future we, listening. Who, who are we podcasting to? <laughs> Ourselves. We are speaking into tin cans with string. <laughs> yeah, it's the production on this song. It's just amazing how just having a driving beat can can just keep you focused and keep you interested. And the arrangements just like coming in and out are, are just so like exciting and it's <laughs> We are children and another wife. And 
that ain't that ain't right. <laughs> yeah, I just and it really gives them so much room. I think the song "Papa's Running Strong" gives the singers so much room so that you can get you can actually pick them apart and and figure out like, oh, okay, here's the different singers like the tenor, the you know baritone, and because. When you're not watching them, when you're not watching like a video, or if you do, if you haven't seen them live, which, you know, I mean it, the the lineup, I'm guessing they've had like 50 different people in this group or something. That would be a good one. To Go to your up. local state fair. You're going to see or casino. I or saw casino. them at the uh, uh, oh, I'm blanking out what's called Pine Knob in like 1995 or something, and uh, like there was one original member left uh, at that point. They were still great. You know, I mean, like the songs, the material's great. It's a it's a way that you can showcase talent. Uh, it's, you know, it's not like a typical rock group. Uh, I did look it up. Uh, Do Your Thing is on the Shaft soundtrack. It's on Shaft? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it was just kind of a bit later in the on the album, so it kind of gets a, a little lost in yeah, the in uh, instrumental. That's a, long, uh, yeah. it's a long record. Yeah. But yeah, that was the other sort of like standout. What do you guys think of the the version of uh, the first time ever I saw your face? I thought it was cool. Um, so many people have done that song. I know, and I didn't. I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was cool. I thought they did a very good job. But Roberta Flack does the like quintessential version, in my opinion. Unless you ask you and McCall who wrote it. Yeah. Who hates every single <laughs> other version of that the song? That sounds like a choice that he just made. Except for the one. Well, he wrote it for uh, Peggy Seeger, who mm. was Robert Seeger's mother, his mistress at the time, and later on his wife. But he wrote it for her to sing it, and according to him, that's the only acceptable version. <laughs> he, that's just he's got a, a section of his record collection. Of where he keeps all of them, all of the different versions of that song, and, and he calls it the Chamber of Hell. Weird. <laughs> and he thinks that when anyone else does that song, he thinks it's, uh, quote, bludgeoning, histrionic, and lacking in grace. Disagree. Wow. Sounds like he's Strong really, really disagree. Fun at <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sounds, <laughs> sounds like he's a, <laughs> a real people person. Yeah. I, I looked up the, uh, the, the, the version that him and Peggy Seeger do today. I listened to it. It's. It's very, uh, it's very folky. It's a folk song. The l- vocal stylings are a bit of an acquired taste because it's got just like the k- soaring, almost like like a Celtic Highland uh, like style of of singing and melody treatment. It's it's really pretty. It's very different from every other version of the song I've ever heard. You know, because I like. Every version of the song I've heard sounds like someone else doing the Roberta Flack version. Uh-huh. You know? And this one, it just it's a whole different treatment. So I can kind of see where, like, if, if you wrote the song and that's how you envisioned it and every other version sounds way different, I, I guess I could kind of see his perspective, but uh, he's also probably just a cranky old dude. <laughs> it happens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I looked in there. Nice. We're on our way. Um, I looked it up, and according to Wikipedia, they list uh, 26 members of The Temptations. Oh, yeah? It doesn't... Wow. I mean, it's not a definitive answer by any means, but, like, obviously there has been a lot of members. They started in 1960, so if you think about it like that, you know, 60 years of music, it's just... Mm-hmm. It's like... Oh, look at the Stones. Yeah. Well, I know, but that's... 
That I don't the want outlier. to. They're horrifying. They're <laughs> I wonder. So I wonder. They who, are the whoever the, the they became the, the California raisins. Hey, the current who, which were based on the Temptations. Uh, that's right. Uh, I was a really big <laughs> California raisins fan as a kid too. Actually, <laughs> I wonder whoever the 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 current longest standing member of the Temptations. I wonder how long that that gentleman's tenure has been. That's a great question. Don't I'll, know. Tr- I'll try to look it up. Yeah, I know. I'd be curious. Uh, I do know that friction arose during the recording of Papa Was a Rolling Stone for a number of reasons. The Temptations did not like the fact that Whitfield's instrumentation had been getting more emphasis than their vocals on the song at the time. And they pressed Whitfield to uh, get him to produce ballads for the group. They parted ways with him after this record. That's right. They were upset about Papa Was a Rolling Stone because it had such long instrumentals. It's uh, Otis Williams, by the way. Oh, yeah? So it's the baritone yeah. dude. He's been there from the beginning. Oh. He's, and he's still there? Yeah, and he was the guy He was the guy that was there when I saw them. Yeah. And that is right. Man. He Otis Williams considers Papa uh, Was a Rolling Stone to be the last real classic the group ever recorded. <laughs> I can't think of a later Temptations hit. Hmm. I mean, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure there were some, like, radio hits, but this is, like, the last... Of the of like of like of the the Temptations yeah. greatest hits. Yeah. You know? I thought this. I thought this album was great. Yeah, I was. I wasn't as familiar either with this. Just the song selection on this album, and it's great. It's got a real good vibe. Like you got the A side with Papa Was Rolling Stone, and it starts off real strong, and then goes into these ballads. But then it kind of brings it back at the end with. Do I your, like do side your B. thing. I think side B is great. Yeah, it's just a good record. Yeah, it's forgettable album cover. Very yeah. much so. Such a It looks like typical. album cover number five, nineteen seventy-two. Yeah. <laughs> if they picked also, it from like a from like a, a list of also the, the name, like the name of the album, just kinda like all directions. It yeah. just it, it, yeah. I don't know, it just doesn't I could not remember the name, yeah. Something about it just doesn't have that sort of, I mean, when you look at like a funkadelic record cover or oh, a name of it, or wild. like the sly and the family stone, you look at those covers and yeah, it's kind of like there's something sort of iconic about those, and I feel like I think that's the challenge with the Temptations. Oh, they were this, challenged to bring it into this the new brand, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like constantly changing, and it's like, well, we got to sell to the old audience, but, but we also got to get some new like, audience. All of us need to be on the cover. Where can we fit? Well, around that tree. <laughs> 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 Maybe put like a star fade on it. Oh, <laughs> It's not a star fade, but it's... kind of looks like they're in a snow globe. Yeah, it, it, it does look like that. It's yeah. like Vaseline on the lens. <laughs> Love Woke Me Up This Morning is... That's the new uh, new singer, Damon Harris. He's good. Good one, yeah. That, like, falsetto tenor is just, like... For 
someone who can't do that, I'm just always stunned by it, and I love it. Yeah. Yeah, real strong. Uh, should we go around the room, or is... Yeah, sure. Is, uh, is everybody just going to lay praise upon it? You should probably put on... Yeah. Do, do your thing. I got it. What do you think, Rob? Love it. A plus. Would recommend. Okay. Is a great record. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, I agree. I, I would recommend this. This one... I didn't think I was going to dislike a Temptations record, but uh, the last one we did, I was kind of lukewarm on, and this one just came out of left field for me. Like uh, upon first listen, I was like, "Like, oh, oh, here's something right here." Uh, yeah, I absolutely would recommend this one. I'm definitely going to be looking for it. Yeah, yeah. How much would you pay? <laughs> Clean copy. Clean copy. Maybe a little bit of a ring. Uh, I don't mind the ring. Ten Can't American. Ring. Ten American. Huh. Okay. I'm like it, I don't think it's rare. So no. like, like it's not it doesn't have that like that collectible rarity surcharge, so I would say ten American. I'll be ten Euros. Oh, oh. <laughs> God. Thirty dollars. <laughs> um Yeah, that, that's a win for me. I, I love it. Uh I just I just think the element of funk is very listenable on this record. Um it's less psychedelic, which I actually prefer. I just prefer the groove and like, I mean, just it's just got a great feel. It's a it's. There's never a moment of this record that I felt like, eh. yeah. I just dug it. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, this one kind of hit me strong because I I was not expecting such a sort of like funky record. This Funk Brothers like that backing band is. I mean, they're Killing the best in the it. biz, you know? I mean, that's, oh, yeah. talk about, like, probably the most, like, respected, Yeah. you know? Uh, and so that just, like, really, that just sold me. That just sold me, like, instantly on on all this. They could have been decent singers, and I feel like I would have just loved <laughs> it. Like, cool just band. As much. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, they did a great job. Yeah. Good song selection, too, of, of everything. Just kind of comes together. I don't know. I guess since, I don't know, next time we're going to have a Funk Brothers record, I, I think every time that we have one, I should continue to recommend finding the documentary, Standing in the Shadows of Motown, yeah. and yeah. watching it, because really it is a, it's an important document of just how good that band um, was and is. There's another uh, good one, just thinking about, like, these. here's a group that's gone through all these singers, What's it? What's it like? Ten feet from stardom. Yeah. Yep. Is it ten? I can't remember the number. But I think like, it's ten. But uh, it's about backup singers essentially, and it's it's a really cool documentary about people that don't get as much of the attention, but like are often an incredible talent and can do way more for a song than you might realize. Mm-hmm. All right. Next time we'll be talking about David Bowie, the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust, Yay! and the spiders from Mars. Yeah.